Good evening, everybody, and welcome to the Freshman Parking Lot, episode 21, coming to you live and on location from Riddell's Roadhouse tonight to start the long weekend. How are you guys? Fantastic. Love a long weekend. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Hey, um, we're sponsored tonight by Riddell's Roadhouse. They let us, they let us, you know, broadcast from here, so I think they got to be the sponsor tonight, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Right. To bring your own drinks kind of uh, challenge it. It always enjoy. has been. Home of the virtual shake of the day. Okay. Virtual shake of the day. So if anybody wants to just call in and let them shake your own guys. <laughs> 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 trust me, they're a trustworthy staff. They'll let you know how it turns out. Perfect. All I know is that this setup here looks a lot nicer than my basement, which was yet last week. Well, and I agree, mainly because you have all of the green and gold on your yeah, that's this weekend again, isn't it? Noon. You excited? I, yeah, you know, it, honestly, the NFL, I can take it or leave it, and the Vikings are so bad that am I excited? Not really. In a normal year, I would be, but okay. not, not really. Sure. Hey, speaking of excited, um, I have a 16-year-old boy who is super excited. In case one of our listeners uh, talked about Roger and Mikey being fans favorite of Tom uh, Finley, and uh, showed up on my desk the other day at school uh, with a Rob Gronkowski uh, college card. Um, in nice case, it was a PSA 10 grade. Yes. I had Finley's name on it, so I gave it to Finley. And his first thing was, how do I get it out of this case? <laughs> and you're like, you don't. <laughs> so I had to get a good explanation of why you don't take that out. But uh, thank you to Ohio Valley for uh, getting that out of the desk and making a little 16-year-old boy today. So, That's uh, cool. So where did Gronk go to college? Arizona. Did not know that. Wildcat. Him and, him and Jenny Finch. There we go. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh, the ball club, uh, it was the funnest week in the world of sports. We had some uh, World Series. We had a World Series. And, and being the and a good World Series. Yeah. Great World Series. I think we would have gotten to game seven. Correct. Uh, well, I think we would have <laughs> We would have had a better chance, except for one pitching change. Okay, so what do you think of that? We haven't talked about that. Actually, that. hey, guys, three-hour monologue. I'm just going to talk about Kevin Cash and the Pigeon Kings. All right, okay, okay. Go. go. What do I'm I thirsty. What do I think about that? I think it is the one of the worst moves in managerial history. The dude, like, I, I understand the analytics, and I understand that the Rays are kind of cutting edge on analytics, and they have a way that they go about things, and it seems to work. And, and I think John Smoltz said it best when he said it seems to work in the regular season because your relievers aren't run out there every single night in high-pressure situations like they are in the postseason. But here's the thing. He had given up two hits, no walks, nine strikeouts, 73 pitches. He was not tiring. The next three guys, the top of the order, who they didn't want him to face three times, we're 0 for 6 with six strikeouts. Yeah. The very, I think it was the very first pitch, or might have been the second or third pitch from this guy that comes in, goes to the backstop, and and then there's there's a double, or maybe the double was first and then it went to the backstop. But whatever. Like, I'm not saying the Rays win that game, but they lost that game as soon as he came out of the dugout when they were still ahead one nothing. And history, there's a reason why history is 
that sixth inning was double digits. It was 13 point something. So you leave him in, and, and the inning before his ERA is 0.0 for the playoffs. So history repeats itself. You leave him in, and he has not been pitching well late in the game. So he has not pitched like he pitched for five and a third in a long, long time. And analytics, I'm going to throw it out the window, not completely, but I have to have some kind of feel for the game and for the for my guys instead of just saying, well, it's it's the sixth inning now, and this guy's won a Cy Young, but he's he not capable. Hit. You're right, a hit. He gave up a hit. A well-hit ball. Uh, the hardest hit ball of night. I don't know if he should have been taken out or not. Um, I lean towards he shouldn't have been, and one of the reasons why is he had a swing and miss rate of just over 21% in those 5.1 innings. Which is, which like is huge. To the moon. And for the record, no other pitcher versus the Dodgers got above 20% this year in any game. Because the Dodgers are studs. Yes. They have an amazing lineup. So there's no, there's no doubt... Blake Snell was lights out for 5.1 innings. Question is, what would have happened afterwards? History says he declines precipitously, right? It's it's through the roof the way he goes down. And so I guess I understand Kevin Cash's position there. What about the guy that Kevin Cash brought in? Kevin Cash, the the reliever that he brought in, he gave up a run in like every time, six times in a row, he gave up runs. So, it, it to me, the bigger mistake was picking the reliever he brought in, even though I would have let Snell pitch. He, he, he got too cute, he tried to look too smart, and outmanaged himself in a situation when he didn't need to. You And I get history, the, the ERA, this and that. You have to have a feel for the current situation. What's in front of me right now? I agree. Because it, 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 your history may say that, boy, that third time through, you blow up. But what if tonight is the night you throw that two-hitter? That two-hit shutout. And guess what? And you go eight innings. Because that's a possibility. Let's say he blows up in that inning. Nobody is killing Kevin Cash nearly as much as they're killing him right now. No, he's still getting, he's still getting. Not like yeah. he is right now. Agree. But in part, I think that's because of who they chose to brought in, bring in. Because <laughs> that might be a bigger issue that I have than keeping Blake Snell in the game. Whoa, whoa, okay. <laughs> what a big, okay. Okay. Um, it was just as much of a blow. I, I think. I don't know. If I, I think the writers pick, right? I think it's a writers. Is that a real time? Thing? I don't know. Like, I'm asking a question. So I, I think I think that. it's real time, and they are writers. I, I believe they their choice. I believe that's right. Um, I came up with three. Joe Buck may may have a vote. I, a broadcaster may have a vote, but I don't know that for I, sure. I think there. I think you have to be a member of baseball writers okay, association. The same guys that vote in the Hall of Fame okay. voting. I, I believe. Maybe I'm be wrong. So Brad, I don't have a problem with Corey Seager. No. I don't know if he would have been my first choice, but why do you have such a problem? When I go back and I think of the key plays of the World Series and who made that lasting impression, it's got to be Mookie Betts, right? And if it's not Mookie Betts, it's Clayton Kershaw. 
Kershaw was 2-0. 2-0? Mookie Betts, I, I got my tacos last night. Thank you, Mookie Betts. He was pretty good. He was pretty good. Every aspect of the game. So, he made those last inning pressures. When I think of the plays of the World Series, they Mookie Betts. Yeah, when, it, when it, in, in 10 years, if you think back to this series, and you think of the Dodgers, I think of Mookie Betts and how good he is. Um, Seager won it. Okay, whatever. I don't think Kershaw should have won it. You both just mentioned he was 2-0. We know what pitching wins mean, though. Jack. He can't win a game without the offense scoring runs. However, I will but say... But he pitched well. He pitched well, which he he's been criticized well. for in the postseason. You can also say that Bellinger pitched better than he pitched in the mm-hmm. postseason. I mean, you talk about the Dodgers and Kansas City. Oh, they're so good. We just came up with four guys that came up. Yes. World Series MVP. Yes. For sure. That's the that's the problem. And, and, and what guys that probably came to like the studio? Love it. We did forget to mention we have a live studio audience. Well, can you call them an audience if they're just sitting over there? They're not really watching. Live studio hecklers playing cards. <laughs> Oh, sure. Justin, yeah. Justin Turner. And, um, Wait, was he even part of the roster in the postseason roster? He played pretty well. He's pretty good. He, he, he's pretty good player. He's a pretty good player. He didn't finish the World Series, though, right? No. Well, he was there at the end. True. Well, he missed an inning and a half. He was, there, <laughs> he was there a little bit after the end. Yeah. After the end of the game, he showed up. So what do you guys think of that? I mean, it's it's interesting, I guess, to me, first off, that um, Turner had – the guys are tested every day. Mm. Their samples are sent to a lab in Utah, I believe. Which I think is weird that they can't set up a, a lab right there. I Logistically, I think it's just a, a, a pain, even though they had two rounds of the playoffs there. But, yeah, so they send a sample. It comes back inconclusive. They have to further test it, right? And yeah. it, that second testing, it shows up, like, during the fifth or sixth inning that he's positive. And so MLB calls the Dodgers. The Dodgers called down to the dugout. He, let's Ooh, call. Okay. So many good questions. Amazing good questions. Who is the personnel that has to go and tell the Dodgers? And who are they, who are they telling the Dodgers? Sure. And then who's telling the Dodgers manager to pull? I would assume that the, the GM gets told. Right. Yes. knows. It's the, it's the same person that has to. Wear your mask or we're shutting down practice. <laughs> it's the same person. It's not a job anybody on earth wants. Um, I think when his positive test came back is as soon as Kevin Cash came out of the dugout to make the pitching change. They're like, all right, we're good. We can go with this other guy who nobody's heard of. Because as they interviewed all the players, I'm going to go back to Kevin Cash. As they interviewed all the guys after the game. They're like, yeah, I couldn't believe he was coming out of the dugout to get him. We weren't sad. No, uh, they weren't sad. No, we weren't sad. post-game conference was basically like, oh. And so was Bellinger. No, now I thought I had a chance yes. to actually make Correct. a play. So. And, and so to answer, and maybe you didn't ask the question, but I'm gonna, I think you asked, what do we think about Justin Turner being on the field after the game? So, okay, there we yeah. I have zero issue with None. That. Winning a World Series is... For a, for a lot of guys, a once-in-a-lifetime deal. The Dodgers have been the best team in the league for, like, 
arguably eight years, okay? And they've finally won one for the first time since 1988, <clears throat> when a lot of their players weren't born, mm -hmm. okay? So I have, like, I'm... By the way, 1988, I want to say one more question. Yes, yes, yes. Kirk <laughs> <laughs> um, I have zero issue with it. The, the only people that they're really going to, I suppose re there's reporters and photographers and things like that, but that they're really going to infect are each other, which they've all been with each other anyways. And I'm just going to throw this out there. They're going home until February. Uh, but that's not entirely true. So I, 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 I don't have a huge problem with it. I have a small problem with it. The small problem is on that field, it's not just you and your teammates. There are family members. And the Dodgers on the team together, they've been in the locker room together, batting cage, dugout together. They signed up for it. They agreed to it. I think a lot of the family but members have been in this bubble too, though. The family members that are down there, they didn't say, oh, I'm okay with a COVID-19 positive person being around me. So I have a big issue, small issue. Um, I think it's a terrible look for Justin Turner. And MLB and the Dodgers. I think it's more of a terrible look for MLB, even though it was Justin Turner that did it. By the way, I think, in, in a way, the MLB was saved. Imagine if Turner's pulled in the eighth inning. Somehow the Rays come back and win. Yes. And yes. Turner can't play game seven. And maybe by then, one or two other big dogs can't play 100%. the seventh game. What does MLB do? Do they play? Do they postpone? If the Rays end up winning, then there's then people say there's an asterisk, there's an conspiracy theory here. You ready? The positive test came in the five and the third inning this game, and they're like, Kevin Cash, go get him. We can't go to a game seven. Go get Sal. <laughs> this thing's over. We can't do this. Go get him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can't do it. We can't do it game this weekend. Yeah, that's what right. we can't. We can't. So that's where I have a problem. I still, I'm talking about private coaches. Six coaches, right? Six assistant coaches. Yep. Uh, two quarterbacks. Yep. Four. What's that? Four more today. Um, so as, as reported, Wisconsin was and yet still opted to not play the game this weekend against Nebraska. Now, why set standards if you're not going to follow them? I guess is my question. And does Wisconsin have to forfeit, or are they just not playing the game? It's a it's a no contest. So it's just going to pretend like the game didn't exist on their schedule. But if they're going against the rules set by the Big Ten, why don't they have to forfeit? And I, don't well, want I, I, to think, forfeit. I think there's a stipulation written in those rules that the university, even though they have these numbers in place, those numbers are in place to make sure, hey, if you have, I don't know what the number is. You guys know? I don't. If the number is, like, say, 15, that you can't play. But I think in the, those regulations, it's written that if you feel like your team has an outbreak and you don't want to, you can choose that option. So if you're
Like, if people are looking at this situation and say, well, they just didn't want to lose From the a competitive game. advantage. So they it's, gonna, it's, they it's better to have a no contest on your record than a loss, right? But I'm, I'm, an, I'm assuming positive intent, good intent, and they just don't want to do it because it's what's best for public health. I, just, I, I don't know if it is. You know what I mean? I wish we had the SEC screen of COVID updates because they'd be cured by now. Well. Well, or the presidential. Yeah, same stream. Same yeah. So the the kicker with that is though the the time frame that they're out, the plans are out for the day. Yeah. Um, yeah. which I'm okay with that. I think you're 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 on the side of caution. Right. Um, but what does that look like? I mean, a, a week ago, not even we were celebrating a, a big Badgers win, Graham Mertz, greatest quarterback outing in, in Badgers history. And now we just kind of sit back and go, okay, what does that look like? And then on the other side, Nebraska's out there wondering, like, hey, anybody want to play us? Anybody out there want to play us? I'm surprised they didn't find, like, Army as a bye week. Big Ten, Big Ten said they could. They, they, they tried, tried to play UT Chattanooga, and they said, nope. Um, Scott Frost was like me. He got on his email and on his phone and said, hey, does anybody want to play us on this day? Right. Yeah. Which, to me, is mind-blowing in – a college football program in the Big Ten is a multi-million dollar organization, and they're setting up their schedule like that. Now, granted, it, it didn't happen, but, that, that, like, literally, I sent an email to a coach today about a, about a, a May date for the sure. spring, and Scott Frost did the same thing, but it was just for, like, two days from now. I would love to see how the preparation, if you don't find out until Thursday afternoon you're going to play a game on Saturday, how are you prepared? I think that just uh, the preparation side would be awesome. Just face right? offense like, and face defense. Yeah, there we go. That's what we can do. We're going to line up our 11 against your right. 11, and we're going to just have some fun and play a game on Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. In terms of what does the rest of the season look like for the Badgers, it, it, it'll be what it'll be, and you can't put much stock into it, and I think we just wait for next year. Honestly, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so many guys are going to be in the game, out of the game, and teams. Perhaps coaches and teams, you know. And they got it squared away, and they were good the rest of the season. Yes. You see those relapses. Um, I will say, kind of quickly, the number, total number since July for the Badgers passers has been a 50. Okay. Um, so it's kind of in the world of Ed Orgeron, hey, we got it from our team already. We're good now. Yeah. So, yeah, you're a team already. Right? <laughs> That's pretty right. good, Brian. That's that right. too bad. I'm a great tire. Wow. <laughs> Here's the issue, though. It's starting to get to the type of basement that the conference could. Sure so it's not open air anymore. Sure That's enough. That's the issue. All right. So, all right. In, in, there's been some rumors of J.J. Watt being traded. Oh, yeah. I've heard those. Yes. Well, no, no. <laughs> just several teams. The Packers being one of them. So, <laughs> so it'd be awesome. So it would be. So if they get that back, first, if they get Watts back, it'd be amazing. Yes. And Packers don't need their first round pick anyway. So get them a first round pick. Absolutely. Get JJ Watts and all that stuff. They used them. They got, well, they got, a, they got the quarterback play. of the future. Yeah. Okay. Great. Uh, moving Great. on. It might be awesome. Um, it might be. Peter Wilkins fan. Uh, <laughs> that don't matter anymore. So. Then the, the, on the list was also the Steelers. Sure. So his brothers are playing for the Steelers. So my would you rather of the weekend, oh, would you rather win a championship in, in your sport of choice? 
I'm saying football, you can say baseball, you can say basketball. Sure. Whatever. A world championship. Would you rather win a world championship with your brother on your team or beating your brother in the championship? So you have bragging rights for life over your brother, right. or you share the moment with your brother to hoist up the trophy together. That's not where I thought your question was going at the beginning. But it's an easy answer for me. Okay. Win it with my brother 100%. Okay. I am, so me and my what brother. What Baseball. Okay. Me and my brothers are each, there's three of us, we're each two years apart. Which one of them sponsors the show, the other one has to. Oh, the other one's working on it. <laughs> Honestly, I, I, Bosch Dental, I thought you were going to be the sponsor tonight, last minute change. You're right, Riley, I'm waiting on the merchandise. We're going to wait for the yes. merchandise and then. We So, waiting on merchandise. So, anyways, middle middle brother did not play baseball. Him and I actually played together one year when we were really, really young. Um, me and Riley were four years apart. We've played together in, I think, two tournaments in our life. Um, when I was playing, we were both playing town ball in the summertime after, you know, during college. I think I was just out of college. He was still in college. And him as a pitcher, me as a catcher, that was so much fun to to be able to do that. Even for if he's a pitcher, one game during the weekend, um, it it would just be really really cool. And yes, brotherly rivalry, those types of things. It would be cool to be your brother, but that's when we're playing cribbage or doing other things. Right. I'd much rather sure. I'd much rather win that with them than beat them. Makes sense. Makes sense. Um, I don't know how to answer it. I don't have a brother, so I don't know what it's like to have that brother-brother rivalry. I have two younger sisters, and so there is a rivalry there at times, but athletically, not really. You know what I mean? It's not a fair comparison, and um, my sisters and I are kind of endurance athletes, but I would choose to definitely win together, and if I chose a sport, I would choose mixed doubles tennis. Well, I like it. Growing up, my yes, growing up, my parents played tennis every night. It wasn't below freezing. Every night. Just about. And as a young kid, my sisters and I, we went to the courts with them, and we played all the time. And so the idea of winning a mixed doubles major tennis tournament with one of my sisters is phenomenal. It would be a blast. I didn't know you were I do. I've played tennis. You played tennis a couple, uh, once. Once. Um, I would. I would come and I would eat strawberries and cream. I love it. I love it. You'd probably have the guy on the mic tell you to be quiet. Uh, what, do you mean? what do you mean? Probably. <laughs> quiet, please. Yes. What about you? I do so as well. If I think of rivalry, it's like fun. Yes. I'm softer than you all think. I will, I will tell you that 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 there's a rivalry between me, my sister and I athletically. Um, not really like running because it's not fair to compare a man to a woman. But wow. in cross-country skiing, my sister Mandy is a damn good cross-country skier. And she's faster than I am right now. You're watching tonight, Mandy. I'm coming after you. You better be ready. Berkey 2021, here we go. I do too. All right, me or you? You're up. All right. When it's home, I go to the country. We 
it's October 29th today. Okay, so Saturday in two days will be Halloween. Mm -hmm. In Twin Cities, we do trick-or-treating on Halloween when it gets dark. Thank you. Regardless of the day of the week. <clears throat> I had never once in my life heard of or ever pondered that it would be anything different than October 31st after dark until I moved to Wisconsin. When the cities organize the date, which might not be the 31st, yep. and, and this year it is because it's a Saturday. Since when? It, it is. Oh, I did not know that. Okay, that's news to me. Um, all, all week long I've been saying it was going to be Saturday. But anyways, it's... Are you serious right now? Yes. Are we still taping? Yes. Come on. We're doing a show. Why? I don't understand why the cities, the municipalities have control over this really non-official event where people are going to go door to door and say, hey, trip well, somebody has to say what? No, they don't. Because nobody sets it up where I came from. Of what? I, when we were kids, I lived in Wisconsin when I was We trick or treated on the 31st, regardless of the night, in the dark. Yep. I don't think what you're mentioning is a Minnesota Wisconsin thing. I think it's a modern thing. Yep. I think that we live in an age of fear. And the idea of little Johnny and little Susie out trick or treating in the dark has parents. Right. We're more fearful now than we've ever been before, even though the crime rate the crime rate's lower than it's been ever in human history. That's why. I think, Minnesota's I, I think at my mom and dad's house, it's still the 31st after dark. I need to move to that town. And so, and in 1991, as a fifth grader, right after the Twins beat the Braves in the World Series, we, I'm not exaggerating, we had three feet of snow. It stopped. It. There was no snow on the ground. At recess, it started snowing, and it did not stop until the next day, and we trick-or-treated in that. It was For the record, awesome. I remember that storm because we picked up about 21 inches here. It was awesome. <laughs> Anyways, that's my that's my okay. way in Rome. Okay. Your way in Rome, I would agree. It should be the day of, and it should be a night, and I don't know why it isn't. But I, I, never, I never heard of such a thing until we moved here. From a parent with young kids, they work in June every weekend during the afternoon, and I don't and, and great. And by the way, this neighborhood right here is like the best neighborhood ever for trick or treating. And I grew up in a great one. This is the best yeah. one ever. All right. All right. So, did you know tonight, fellas? Did a little research before I came in. We read some articles um, about the World Series. Did you know there is a baseball stat called CSW percent? Have either of you ever heard of this stat? I can't even. I can't even think of what it would stand for. CSW percent is a stat that tells us how many times has a, has a pitcher induced a called strike or a swing and a miss on a pitch. Whiff for swing and a miss. Okay. So it allows you to pinpoint. How many true strikes is the pitcher given credit so for? So it's all strikes minus foul balls. No foul balls, because foul balls are contact, right? Some of those balls are darn near home runs. They just 
missed the foul pole for whatever reason. So, what percentage of your pitches? Trap time's playing, yeah. What percentage of your pitches are called strikes? So I'm just standing the better, but oh, there it goes. That's a strike. Or do I swing and miss on? Okay. Percent of total pitches. Correct. So if I throw 100 pitches yep. and 20 of them are called strikes, so I get swings and misses, I got a 20% called strike with rate. Okay. I'm with you. I had never known this that existed. And I started reading an article today about I kind of like it. It's a phenomenal stat. And you're going to love this. It's going to let you throw Kevin Cash under the bus even more. And I don't like throwing people <laughs> under the bus. Because honestly, I, I kind of feel bad for Kevin Cash. But he was a prisoner to his own right. cuteness. So in 2019, if you look across all the major leagues uh, and all the pitchers, starters and relievers, um, that the average pitch. Hold on, What I like so far is you just said starters and relievers. This seems to be a stat that basically levels the playing field of measuring dominance between starters and relievers because it doesn't have to do with length of time you were in the game. Sure, sure. Based on percentages. Correct. All right, sorry, go right, ahead. Because a starter is going to throw, what, like 1,300, 1,500 pitches sure. a year, and a reliever might throw 400. Way more probably, but this year maybe, yeah. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So in 2019, the average was 27.7%. So just to kind of give you a baseline of where the average major league pitcher is, 28% of the time with calls, you get a called strike or a whiff from that. Game six of the World Series, Blake Snell. Was 40%. And just to let you know how dominant that was, that's in the top 2% of all pitching starts this season. That's how good he was throwing the ball. This year, this year, that was the best rate against the Dodgers. Or we could think of it another way. Those were the most called strikes or swings and misses the Dodger batters dealt with all season. On a percentage-wise basis. I will say this. If I remember right, game six, the strike zone was a little wide on the outside corner to a right-handed batter. Not outrageous, a little wide, but it was consistent. Nope. But here's the thing. If we're going to be so analytically driven, why aren't we looking at that number before we pop our head out of the dugout? <laughs> I think history, and Brad kind of addressed that already. So, at any rate, he was ridiculously dominant. The best number this year was a 47.5%. That was Lucas Giolito on August 25th. But he threw a no I was just going to say. So, <laughs> just to kind of put numbers in perspective... 28% is about average. 40 is absolutely elite. And we pulled the man after he had thrown 73 pitches with his arm. Just throwing that out there, guys. So there you go. New stat to pay attention to. CSW percent. CSW. I'm going to look at it. Um, you will not find it on fan graphs or baseball reference. I had to dig a little deeper to get my numbers. This has not become mainstream yet. How did you, okay, when, when thinking about our would you rather, how did you come up with this? Where did you find it? Honestly. Is this top secret information? No, 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 no. Honestly, I thought my would you rather was going to be something about the new Texas ballpark and, and teams getting new ballparks. But as I just kind of started looking through articles, I came across an article on Blake Snell and how dominant he was. And I learned about this statistic. I thought this is a great would do. Did you know? So there you go. Now so, we know. Something to see. Yeah. Caught. 
called called strike, called strike plus whip rate. Guess what we're measuring this